You are Locked On Titans, your daily Tennessee Titans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, this Monday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast is presented by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Hope all of you Titans fans had a safe and enjoyable weekend. We are kicking off the show as we normally do with a Mock Draft Monday and a Mailbag Monday. But for this Mock Draft Monday, last week one of you guys made a request to me on Twitter, at Tic Tac Titans to go over a seven-round mock draft now that we know what we know from the Titans spending in free agency. And that's exactly what I plan to do today, going over every pick that the Titans have in the NFL draft and how I would plot them out. So excited to dive into that with you guys. Then we will finish off the show as we normally do on Mondays, answering your questions in the Monday mailbag. So I'm excited to dive into those questions as well. Now, I do want to remind you guys, I'm going to be pumping out Monday through Friday Tennessee Titans content, not only during the season, but all year long. And right now, that means it is draft time. And every episode you're going to hear from today all the way until the first round kicks off at the end of April will be draft related in some way. We're going to go position by position through the offense and the defense throughout the rest of the month talking the top tier options, the day two prospects, and the day three sleepers. Make sure that you never miss an episode of the Locked On Titans podcast by following on whatever platform you do stream, whether that be Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, the Odyssey app, on Stitcher, on Spotify. Doesn't matter wherever you get your podcast, you can find us there. So make sure that you do follow the Locked On Titans podcast wherever you get your show. But we have a Mock Draft Monday and a Mailbag Monday to dive into today on the Locked on Titans podcast. Let's get it! Monday, and as I said at the top of our show, we are going to be doing a post-free agency, at least the first wave or two, seven-round mock for the Titans. And what I wanted to do, just to give you guys a baseline, because we're going to do some different mock draft Mondays here in the future. So just to give you guys a baseline, this is zero trades. I made no trades. I took what the board gave me. I kept all the Titans picks. There are some of you that argue out there that this needs to be a trade down year more than a trade up year, that the Titans need to come out of this with a draft class of 9 to 10, maybe 11 players to try to really fill up the roster for the next couple year run. Okay, okay. That's fine. That's a safe way to approach this. It's not the approach that I would have for this this season, but but... That is a Mock Draft Monday for another day. So let's just take what the board gives us, use the picks that we have, and see what the Titans could come away with. And I gotta be honest with you guys, I'm pretty excited. I'm pretty excited to dive into these picks. I think I did a pretty good job. So either way, whether you agree 
or whether you disagree, follow me on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans and let me know. I know you guys are going to have your thoughts. You have prospects that you really like, you really don't like. So let me know once again on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans. But number one at 22, which has become a very popular pick in a lot of, you know, public mock drafts, national mock drafts is Gregory Newsom, the cornerback from Northwestern. Newsom's very versatile guy. He's played press man. He's played cover three boundary. He's played cover four quarters. Not really a guy who's going to play in the slot, though, which leaves questions about his fit scheme-wise. This year, if we're hearing that the Titans want to focus Fulton as an outside guy, does that mean that Newsom as a first-round pick isn't going to play? Probably going to end up playing with injuries no matter what. So the question is, do you pass on a talented player because of a one-year... In my mind, Newsom and Fulton could be the Titans' lockdown boundary corners for four or five more years if this pick goes right. Now, Newsom has his own durability concerns, so would you be willing to take the risk? I don't know, but in my opinion, at 22, things get really, really dicey with value. Are you going to reach on an offensive tackle? Are you going to reach on a wide receiver? Bateman could be gone there. Marshall could be gone there. We could see all five cornerbacks mock drafts that I did had all five of the decent offensive tackles going, or the top four offensive tackles, had all top five cornerbacks going. I mean, there were plenty of mocks that I did, but for this one that I stuck with, Greg Newsom has to be the best value there. Moving forward, this is probably my favorite pick. And at number 53... Daimi Brown, wide receiver from North Carolina, an incredible deep threat, great at ball tracking. He's played inside, he's played outside, which helps with what the Titans need this year. He could ultimately replace Josh Reynolds on the outside, but can still provide some value for the Titans in the slot. And you have Brown, and then you have A.J. Brown as well, and then you have Ferkser in the slot, and I think you can manage right now. So one of the problems is he does need to add some strength to his frame, uh, his route Tree is not very extensive, pretty limited in college, and he struggles with press man coverage, but that's a a pretty common knock on college wide receivers, at least people not in the top tier. So a lot to work with with Daimi Brown, explosive athlete. I really like what he can do going over the middle as well. And like I said, scheme versatile outside and inside. Very productive wide receiver, and we know that's something that John Robinson looks for. He is basically a deep ball machine, and ultimately that's what I think the Titans need to add to this offense long term. So allow him to develop his game while having that home run hitter ability. I think it's perfect for what the Titans need to diversify their offense. Pick number uh, three, number 85. Quincy Roche from Miami. Again, John Robinson likes very productive players. He's a polished guy scheme-wise, or not scheme-wise, but fundamentals-wise, technique-wise. Very athletic guy, very productive, like I said, but he is lean. He is very light. Teams are going to want him to put on some weight. Uh, He has very poor length and height for the position. He's not the ideal size body-wise, but he's been very productive. He is very athletic in the body that he is in, and like I said, very polished. That all lines up with what the Titans would want, and at pick 85, to add a a productive edge rusher like that, to be a situational pass rusher and kind of develop the rest of 
his game, allow him time to put on that weight, I think it would be perfect. At pick number 100, still in the third round, this is important. I got offensive tackle James Hudson out of Cincinnati. He is a developmental guy. He came into Michigan originally as a defensive lineman before transitioning to an offensive tackle position, ending up at Cincinnati. But he would be perfect in a zone scheme, which the Titans run. He's athletic. He's powerful. He's nasty out there. He has all the intangibles you want, but he is incredibly raw. Like I said, he came to college as a defensive line prospect, but the Titans are not planning on having a starter from the NFL draft this year, so that would give them time to develop similarly to what they were trying to do with Isaiah Wilson. Obviously, that swung and missed, but the need still exists. So James Hudson at offensive tackle at pick 100, and then in the next few picks, the next two picks specifically, I take some guys who were very highly ranked coming into college, very highly ranked at their early stages in college, but for different reasons have fallen down the draft board, but they're positions that the Titans do need to fill the cupboards at. Inside linebacker, off-ball linebacker, at pick 126 in the fourth round, I took Dylan Moses out of Alabama, dealt with an ACL injury earlier in his career, was not fully recovered from that last season, but a nasty physical inside linebacker. Everything he sees, he hits. He can go sideline to sideline. Yeah, he needs some help in pass coverage, but right now you have a guy like Jayon Brown there. You can let him handle the bulk of that duties, let Dylan Moses kind of come along. And then when Rashawn Evans... obviously and inevitably leaves the Titans after this season. I'm calling that now. He'll be an easy replacement in there, and then the Titans can decide how important Jayon Brown is or give him money since they're not paying Rashawn Evans a first-round, fifth-year option price tag. So that's what I see there. Then Caden Stearns out of Texas. He reminds me of a Kenny Vaccaro type. He's not an elite athlete, but a very versatile guy. He does need a little bit more work in tackling and filling rush lanes as he's trying to come down and help against the run game, but but he can develop those skills and be the Titans' third safety in their diamond packages since Amani Hooker will be coming up to be a starter. I think that would be a good developmental safety prospect and kind of fill the cupboards. Who knows what the Titans are going to get from Dane Crookshank after a year filled with injuries, and I'm not incredibly high on Crookshank as a safety in general, so I think Caden Stearns would make a lot of sense at pick 166, a guy who some thought at times earlier in his college career would be a first-round pick. And then I took some dart throws with the last three picks. Two of five, I took uh, Demorador Lenoy, the cornerback out of Oregon. He's kind of a Logan Ryan type, not really the press man coverage corner the Titans are looking for, but as a special teams player, which is what you're getting, and maybe groom him as a slot corner, see what he turns into. Gives you a lot of versatility and a lot of physicality if he doesn't have elite athleticism and coverage ability. 216, I went interior offensive line. Jimmy Morrissey, um, he's a guy who is going to be a zone blocker. He's a developmental prospect, that's for sure. Obviously, you're taking him this late in the draft, a guy out of Pittsburgh. But like I said, a scheme fit, and you can get good offensive linemen late in the draft. So let him develop behind Ben Jones and see what you might get two years down the road. And then at 232, why not? John Robinson likes to do this. I went with Felipe Franks, quarterback out of Miami. To me, I see him 
him as a Deshaun Kaiser kind of replacement as a developmental guy. Six foot six, big body, good athleticism, can do some quarterback runs, has processing issues, has accuracy issues. He is a developmental guy, but I figure with the last pick in the draft, kind of stash him away, see what you might have. And like I said, the Titans have Deshaun Kaiser. This would be a younger guy who you can develop who has similar traits to Kaiser. So that's going to do it for the seventh round mock draft. We are going to dive into the mail bag next. But before we do, when I tell you about betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to place all of your sports action, uh, football might be over, but the NBA is still going. The NHL is in full swing. The MLB is in full swing now. So make sure that you head to their website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device. Sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus when you use promo code locked on. Once again, go to betonline.ag, use promo code locked on. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. It is time to open up the Monday mailbag, answer your guys' questions. And I got to be honest, I'm really, really excited for uh, for some of the questions that you guys had. A really good mix of football, non-football. So very excited to dive into all of it. Before we do, of course, I got to tell you guys about the Locked On Today podcast. So you get your Tennessee Titans news with me. Obviously, you're listening to my show first. But when you get done, there might be some of your commute left or you might have some more time to listen to podcasts. Under 20 minutes, the Locked On Today podcast is basically like reading the sports section to you every morning. Peter Bukowski goes over all of the biggest sports stories, all of the biggest news, kind of gets you caught up to date every single morning. So make sure that you follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcast. It is a perfect companion to the Locked On Titans podcast. But let's dive right into your guys' questions. And number one, what I want to start with Since we have Mock Draft on the mind, and last week I did Nightmare Mock Draft for the Titans, got a five-star review. And remember, you can ask me questions on Twitter, at Tic Tac Titans at any time, but if you put your question in a five-star review, I really do appreciate that as well. But it's from Fatboy Guar. What up, doe? After your Nightmare Mock Draft, I heard another podcast say trading back out of first day and loading up on second, third, and fourth round picks would be a real return on the 20 second overall pick. Is it something you would be interested in? Let's get it! Uh, Okay. So, yeah. I mean, I'm fully on board with trading back if the value isn't there. So, one of the real things that I've been running into is uh, like I mentioned earlier, Top four offensive tackles. You see Sewell, you see Slater, you see Derrishaw, you see Tevin Jenkins, gone. Uh, You see all top five cornerbacks gone. Farley, Horn, Sertan, Newsome, Horn. Um, I mean, you see not only that, but all the wide receivers gone. The top four, Bateman, Smith, uh, Waddle, Chase, pass catcher, Pitts. You see all those guys gone. So when I see all of the offensive tackles gone, and then I see all of the wide receivers gone, and then I see all the cornerbacks gone, well, what the heck would the Titans do? Do you reach on Terrence Marshall, Elijah Moore? I don't want to do that. Kadarius Toney? I don't want to do that. I don't think those guys are 22nd overall picks. Do I want to reach 
on another offensive tackle, on a Cosme, on um, an Eichenberg? No. I don't I don't want to do that either. Pick, pick your offensive tackle du jour. I mean, no. I don't I don't want to Mayfield, another one? No, I don't I don't want to do that. So, do you reach on another corner? Do you go get a Stokes? I I I don't. I it's anything anybody that I talk about there, it's a reach. So, do you go with a different position entirely? which I don't really think will be positions of need for the Titans. And of course you go best player available, but you're not going to take a quarterback. You know, just think about it logically. You're not going to take a running back. So all the positions that the Titans really need, there is no good value there. So I think, yeah, if you can get a trade down at that point, then you absolutely do it. And then you take a, um, a Marshall, you take an Elijah Moore a little bit later, a Daimi Brown. You, you take one of the, those guys later. Yeah, sure. But the key to trading down is having a dance partner. Do you go with Edge? I've been asking these questions. So do you have a dance partner, though? That That's the question. That's what it will all come down to. Do they have somebody who gives them a good deal? Because if all those players are gone, like I said, then where's the value for a team? Where is the value to want to come up to 22 at that point? That's the, that's the question that I've been struggling with. Why is someone coming up to 22? That That is what I have to ask. So next we have a question from that ginger, gingermania24. He said, do you think we will see the Titans wear retro Oilers jerseys this season? Okay, no, I don't. I don't think so. I, th- I think it's a, a debatable point there. Um, and this is something that I want to mention, actually. I'm going to make this quick because I'm going to make a lot of people mad. Since Houston has a team now, I don't think that we should. We are the Tennessee Titans. I think once a team came back to Houston, that would be like the Ravens keeping the Browns history right now. I, I just, no. Once the Browns came back, the Browns keep their history. They keep their throwbacks. Houston put another team in there, and they're not the Oilers, but they're the Houston Texans. And to me, I don't know. I just I don't celebrate Houston's history as the Titans. That's Houston. It's it to me, the city is more important than the mascot. And the Titans aren't even the Oilers anymore. So they're in a they're not called the Oilers, and they're in a totally different state, totally different city. I just don't have the connection to Houston. Give that back to Houston. I know that makes some people mad, longtime fans, but it's just how I feel. Uh, Richard Maddox said, any chance of Clowney coming back? I just don't think so. I just don't see it. I just really don't. I, th- I think they don't want to give him any more of their money after what they got. So uh, I do not see a reunion there. I think they'd rather go another route. Uh, next, Rune Cronenberg said, do you think J-Rob or Vrabel may consider Darrington Evans as part of the wide receiver solution and use him as a hybrid player who can be both a second running back and a wide receiver three in the lineup, line up together with number 22 to create confusion? Think he played wide receiver before running back in high school. He actually played quarterback. Came in as a quarterback. uh, Then changed to running back. But I have been asking for that. Whether or not Todd Downing and the offense will utilize him in that way. I don't know, but I've been asking for that because you get a player who's dynamic like Darrington Evans, and you got to spare Derrick Henry some carries, of course, but you're not going to take Derrick Henry off the field that much. So finding a way to use Darrington Evans, everybody wanted Curtis Samuel. Use Darrington Evans like Curtis Samuel. 
Use him as a gadget player. Run him on jet sweeps. Run him on orbit motion. Throw him tunnel screens. Throw him, you know, just use him in different ways on offense. Line him up in the backfield and use pony formation with two running backs with him and Henry and use him as a pass catcher or use Henry on different motions. Get creative. That would solve a lot of that wide receiver problem that the Titans are having. I agree, Rune. I agree. Will the Titans do that? Will Tom Downing do that? I don't know. I can't answer that question for you, but I certainly hope so. But that's going to do it for the first half of the Monday Mailbag. We are going to get into the second half of the Monday Mailbag. I'm going to keep giving you guys your shout-outs and answering your questions. But before we do, I want to remind you guys about our friends over at BuiltBar.com, the title sponsor for today's show. Of course, Built Bar is the best-tasting protein bar ever. Just finished off finding out who the best-tasting protein bar in the galaxy was. And of course, that was the Coconut Brownie Chunk. That was the winner of Built Bar Madness. So now is a perfect time to try out the championship winner and go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Once again, that's the best tasting protein bars ever at BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off. We are going to continue the Monday mailbag, our second part here as I answer your guys' questions from Twitter and from the reviews on iTunes. Before we dive back into the mailbag, though, want to remind you guys about the Locked On NFL Mock Draft. It's April! And that means the Locked On NFL network of podcasts, including this one, the Locked On Titans podcast, is shifting into draft mode. April 19th through the 23rd is the ultimate 2021 mock draft featuring analysis from the NFL experts Michael Irvin, Brian Baldinger, and Michael Lombardi. Find out who trades up, who trades back, and who selects the next young star. Stay tuned for more information about where you can find the ultimate 2021 mock draft. But let's dive back into the mailbag here. First question is from Derek Schuler, and he said, thoughts on the Space Jam trailers? So, of course, LeBron James is putting out a new Space Jam movie this year, and I mean, I'm excited, guys. I'm not one of these guys who's going to hate the movie just because I think MJ is better than LeBron. I'm not one of these people who's going to hate the movie just because it has LeBron. The reality is the first Space Jam movie wasn't very good, but I was a child, so I loved it. And I liked Michael Jordan, and I liked the Looney Tunes, and it was a great story and awesome. I'm in. So I'm going to watch it and try to enjoy it no matter what because I don't want to just be a hater. It's a children's movie. It's a family movie, not a children's movie. It's a family movie. So it's going to be a fun time. What I do like about it, I like that they're using, they called it the serververse in there, but they're using all of Warner Brothers properties. We got some Flintstones in there, Scooby-Doo's in the background, King Kong, Superman, probably be Lego Batman in there. They're going all out with all of the family properties that Warner Brothers owns. I think that's pretty cool. The downfall, I don't necessarily like this story. I don't like that what is it's like a basement in LeBron's house that they accidentally went into with a bunch of servers and his kid falls into a different dimension and he's got to play basketball against a team of Don Cheadle's creation to it just doesn't it doesn't feel as natural 
It feels like they made something up to make a new Space Jam. The first Space Jam story, to me, makes sense. You know, it makes a little more sense, as much a sense as it can, I realize. But yeah, that's my pros and cons. But yeah, I'm going to, I like the trailer. I thought it was cool. I'm going to enjoy the movie. It's going to be a good time. Uh, next question here made me laugh. It's from Kyle Fulton. He said, Will the Titans finish 8 and 9 in 2022 or 9 and 8? And neither of those. One, the 17 game thing is going to be hard um, to adjust to, but I got the Titans going like 11 and 6. Okay? They're going to be alright. They're going to be just fine. They're going to have Derrick Henry. They're going to have Ryan Tannehill. They're going to have A.J. Brown. They're going to be alright. Uh, next, Slappy. What's up, my boy? He said, I know you're a DC guy. True. But I'm curious how you would rank these three filmmakers slash producers. And I'm going to cheat your question, Slappy. I can't do this. Uh, he said Zack Snyder, Christopher Nolan, and Kevin Feige. Feige is not a director. I, I Like, to me, there's an organization of being a producer, and I will rank them all three in that realm. And then there is the art of making movies. And Kevin Feige doesn't deserve that credit. He's not a director. So it's hard to lump him in with the art when he's really an organizational story narrative uh, based guy. As producers, uh, you got to give Kevin Feige the nod creating a cinematic universe over the course of 10 plus years with 20 plus films is something we've never seen in um, in cinema in, in the history of it. So got to go with Kevin Feige. And then from there, I'm going to give it to Zack Snyder as a producer. Snyder was involved with Aquaman, he cast Aquaman, he cast Wonder Woman, uh, the entire DCEU, he's been a producer on all those films practically, Suicide Squad, he had a big hand in, of course, all of the Batman vs. Superman, Man of Steel, all of that stuff, um, he's the one kind of driving that ship and always was, so I'm going to go Kevin Feige, then Zack Snyder, then Christopher Nolan, but if I did it as directors, I would go Christopher Nolan number one and then Zack Snyder under him, because I think Christopher Nolan is a better director overall. While I like Zack Snyder's unique takes on things, uh, Christopher Nolan's movies to me are just better overall. So yeah, that's how I feel about that. Next, Philip Motley. A non-sports, non-football question. Been on a roll with those. I like those. Do you like to travel internationally? If so, which more cruises are all-inclusive resorts? I'm a diehard cruiser. Have been on over 26 cruises, but I started doing all-inclusive resorts in the last five years and am torn now. Also, which destination is favorite? Philip, bro, your life is different than mine, my friend. Uh, I've not been able to travel a lot in my life. Uh, for various different reasons. Uh, I've only been internationally once and I went on a cruise and we went to, we ported out of Miami. I went to Miami for a bachelor party for a friend. It was great. We instantly got on a cruise, uh, went to Key West and then went to Cozumel, Mexico, went to a resort while I was at Cozumel, Mexico. And it seemed like a really good time quite frankly. Um, I would tell you now, I would be more of an all-inclusive resorts guy. I like being on land. I like having freedom to travel uh, around the area and do different things. I felt very claustrophobic on the boat by the last day. I didn't even drink my free drinks on the last day. Uh, I wasn't seasick or anything like that, but the sleeping quarters and just being held on the boat out in the water, it just gives me the heebie-jeebies, quite frankly. So I would do another cruise. It would have to to be a, a more expensive cruise than I went on. We went with a big group and I would want to go with a smaller, more intimate group. Um, but cruises would still be fun, but I can tell you right now that all-inclusive resorts would definitely be how I would lean. Um, 
Cozumel was awesome, though. It's the only destination I've been to internationally, so it's the only one that I can speak on, but it was a really good time. I had a good time while I went on my trip, so I would just probably be an all-inclusive resorts type guy. Next, Jamie Bowler said, uh, what's your thoughts on Caleb Farley? If he falls, is he worth the risk? And I'm really struggling with that because Caleb Farley was pretty much the consensus number one cornerback before his back surgery, Uh, so it's hard to pass on the talent if he falls to 22, especially considering what I talked about earlier, the situation the Titans could be in with not having a lot of value, but with the Isaiah Wilson situation, and not even that, just the Titans situation with with what they need on the roster right now and the title window that they're in, can they take a risk on a player like that? Or maybe because they are in this title window, they can take a risk because if he pays off, you have a top 10 talent, a top 15 talent at 22, and that's a risk that the Titans took with Jeffrey Simmons, didn't they? And look what happened. He's the best player on the defense. So, I'm up and down, but I think right now, if Newsom is gone, if Newsom, Horn, Sertan, they're all gone, if the wide receiver, if Bateman is gone, then yeah. Yeah, I think you go ahead and you, I think you take Farley. I think you take Farley. Uh, next, Adioso Baboso. I just love the Twitter handle so much. Kata, you know. Uh, what's your opinion on expanding the game globally, i.e. NFL Europe, playing games abroad, franchise in London, etc.? NBA did it 50 years ago. Will result in revenue increase, hello owners, and players as a result. Would it affect the game, nationalist fans' passion? Um... I think there is a sense of patriotism with football since it's only really big in America, but I'm not one to think that the owners will care about that. Ultimately, they want to expand the game and make money. Here's my thing. Taxes get really complicated when you're traveling around, going for having eight games in London and then having games in America and traveling overseas all the time to do that. I think that could get complicated. I think that it's more likely if the NFL expands internationally, they'll do it either in Canada, in Toronto, or more likely to me is Mexico City going south. Um, It's a complicated thing once you start traveling over international waters. The NBA hasn't done that. So to me, that's what would deter it from happening. Maybe in the future, they would have separate leagues over there and we would see crossover certain leagues. Maybe that's the future of the NFL, but having just NFL teams in London, I don't know if that would work out long-term, although I'd love to see the Jacks move there. (laughs) That would be funny and make their fan base very, very angry. Uh, Jose Maria said, Hey, Tyler, hope you're feeling better. I like to watch NFL prospects, not only highlights, any YouTube account recommendations. Follow the NFL's channel for number one because they post some of the game pass breakdowns with players on there with Brian Baldinger and stuff I find that very helpful but if I had to give you one it would be the QB school on Twitter it's hosted by uh, JT O'Sullivan former NFL backup former NFL quarterback I think he does a great job breaking down a bunch of different stuff during the season breaking down prospects during the offseason breaking down play types coverage schemes things like that I just really enjoy his YouTube channel and if you haven't seen the QB school before well you have hours and hours and hours 
of content that you can go through right now that I just put you on to. So I would start there. It's a uh, pretty good place. Dunbar had a question. He said J.C. Horn or Rashad Bateman are both available at 22. Who do you take? For me, that's easy. J.C. Horn. The need and the value is greater for the Titans, and Horn is a way better prospect in my opinion. So that's an easy answer for me. I was high on Bateman, but Horn is definitely a different tier of player in my eyes. I do want to tell you guys, I appreciate all of you, uh, like, you know, uh, Jose Maria just said, I uh, hope you're feeling better. Um, I don't know if I'm even going to tweet this. A lot of you guys may hear this, but I actually did test positive for COVID. Um, and that's why I haven't been feeling so great. Um, so I appreciated anybody, you know, giving me mercy for not having the shows out on time, two shows last week. Uh, anybody who had nice things to say on Twitter, well wishes. I appreciate it. I'm feeling fine now. Feeling a lot better and everything like that. But yeah, guys, uh, it got me. Uh, it's an experience I'll have now. But uh, anybody who you know missed the show last week on its normal time, my apologies. But I have been, as I said on Twitter, feeling under the weather. But that's going to do it for me today. I'm feeling a lot better and ready to get into an excellent week surrounded all about the draft. But that's going to do it for me today. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked on Titan.